your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kaniacs and Kings fans, it is your boy, Jared Ellis from Locked On Hurricanes, along with Sarah Avampato from Locked On LA Kings. And the Kings and Hurricanes played for the first time since January 11th, 2020, on Saturday, when you'll be hearing this, (laughs) what is time? But long story short, the Hurricanes won the game, but this was a... This was a game for sure, Sarah. What <laughs> was your initial takeaways from this game? Well, defense was super optional in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely was thinking about what you had said when we did our preview together of, you know, a goaltending is going to be a big thing. And then Freddie Anderson was like, LOL, uh, and then gave up a bunch of goals on like a whole bunch of shots. And then just the speed of the Hurricanes really just gave the Kings trouble. Um, I like was checking in on the game like in and out because I was off seeing your new favorite movie, Dune, um, yeah. and, and missed part of the game. And then when I looked at the, the score, when I got out of the movie, I was like, what what happened here? Yeah, it was. I would say for the Hurricanes, especially third period definitely was a bit better, but the first two periods, first period especially is very sloppy, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side of things. If you look at it from a goal scoring aspect, very entertaining game. It's kind of what folks want to see goals being scored. Mm-hmm. But looking at it as a whole, defensively, it was not a very good game for either team, but the Hurricanes especially because the Hurricanes, the past few seasons, defense has been one of their strong suits, and this was not a good defensive game. And the fact that, you know, we kept taking the lead, but then giving it up Mm -hmm. really quickly. It wasn't like a thing. It was like, oh, it was like, 10 15 minutes later kings come back tie it up kind of deal no it was usually within five minutes Mm -hmm. if not less that the kings would come back tie it up and i think at one point the kings did take the lead if i'm not mistaken but it wasn't for very long because usually when one team scored in this game the other team scored pretty quickly right after Mm -hmm. Yeah. And th- those are goals that I know, like the literally the first three goals of the game were scored within about less than two minutes. Seth Jarvis mm-hmm. scored at three minutes. Blake Lazat scored 438. Derek Stepan 448. Um, and, and that Stepan goal, particularly for the Kings, is like Todd McClellan hates those goals. He hates right. it when you, you know, you score and then you give up a goal in the next shift. Um, it's just the most frustrating thing. And I feel like that was, you know, you see it again in the second period, um, you know, Kempe and Kotkaniemi score a couple minutes apart. Um, Lemieux and Nature scored like less than two minutes apart. And it was just like, when do you catch your breath? And then the third period, the whole time you're just, you know, the Kings put 20 shots on net in the third period somehow. Uh, so the whole time you're just like holding your breath, waiting for something else to happen. Yeah, it was 
definitely when you look at the goal scoring for the Hurricanes, Seth Jarvis, who we'll obviously talk about more a bit mm-hmm. later, him now having a three game goal streak. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. If you count the two games at home that he scored in, but the goals got called back, that's a five game goal streak. <laughs> and, but obviously those aren't counted, of course. Yeah. But you look at something like that, that was really great. The Natchez goal was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sapon uh, scoring on his after being healthy scratched for the past two games really showing his value like, hey, don't scratch me because when mm-hmm. I'm out here, I'm producing. I think that was really good. Cotton Yemi, he erased, a, I believe, eight-game goal drought, if I remember correctly. I believe it was just goal, not points. Mm-hmm. Um, but you had that as well. And Sebastian Ajo stepping up, getting a goal as well. You see the guys like that scoring which is great but again defensively not a good game at all yeah yeah it was just you know it was also a game for for the kings where like you know the guys who scored you know brendan lemieux had a really strong game which is a thing that i'm like i'm always reluctant to say but he had a great game um blake lazat had a really good goal of his own you know it, it wasn't the king's top line producing it was some of these these depth guys which is you know as a Kings fan what you want to see but you also would have liked to see them maybe not give up the lead quite so often yeah it yeah definitely in that regard definitely not great um I will say one thing that was very impressive is the fact that the Kings over doubled the Hurricane mm-hmm. shots on goal because usually the Hurricanes tend to have the more shots on goal, or if they don't, it's not by much. Mm-hmm. But in this game, the Hurricanes had 20 shots on goal. The Kings had 43 shots on goal. <laughs> and that's absolutely insane. And credit to the Kings for that, for being able to get that many shots on goal. You also do have Freddie Anderson there, who has been really, really good for the Hurricanes mm-hmm. this year. So. While you did score four goals, I mean, that's really good. Obviously, I want to say that's one of the highest goal totals Freddie's allowed this year. I think the only – I think that is – yeah, that's the most because the Florida Panthers game, he gave up four in the first period, and their fifth goal was an empty net. So, yeah, this was tied for most goals he's given up this year. So definitely kudos to L.A. on that for sure. But one thing that I think may have really been a bit of a deciding factor, especially for the Kings, was Mm -hmm. the fact that neither team was able to convert on their power play opportunities. The Canes went 0 for 2, and the Kings – went 0 for 4 Mm -hmm. so especially for LA had they been able to convert on two of them they would have won the game so special teams definitely played a big big factor in this in the long run both penalty kills obviously did really well there's that but again (laughs) if you're not converting on the power play it does sometimes come down to something like this where 
all right, if you converted here or here, you could have mm-hmm. won the game. Yeah. And special teams has definitely been not great for the Kings. I, I, ha- I haven't pulled the stats up, but they've scored so poorly on the penalty kill lately. I feel like they got off to kind of a good start and everyone's like, oh, this is going to be fun and look at all that puck movement and this is great. Uh, and then they just totally forgot what they were doing. So, you know, it's like every time the Kings get a power play, I'm like, can we skip this? This is not going to result in anything good. And, you know, unfortunately, it also kind of kills their momentum. You know, normally you're like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Um, not not so much here with the Kings. Yeah, that the Hurricanes have definitely been in that boat before. I mean, just going back two seasons, the mm-hmm. 2019-2020 season, power play wasn't that great then. 18-19 season, power play was really not good then. Penalty kill was good, but the Hurricanes, they've been in that boat in very recently as well. So I totally get that of that being a a weak spot for the team. One thing that where the Kings obviously way outdid us in shots on goal, the Hurricanes had way, way more hits than mm-hmm. the Kings. The Kings had 13 total hits and the Hurricanes had 31 hits. Oh, in wow. This game. <laughs> yes. They really brought the physicality in this game, which is something that I have really enjoyed from them this season. I think in the past, they've kind of lacked that grit and physicality. But you look at a game like this, they brought it, and it very much looked like how games had in the past of where the Hurricanes were on the other end of they didn't have a whole lot of hits at all, and the other team had a whole bunch on them. So I did. I do like that for the Hurricanes. I hope they can keep that kind of play up because I think that will really benefit them in the long run. But from the Kings' perspective, to see your team get just bodied around like mm-hmm. that for the game, what do you think they have to do to improve in that regard? Yeah, and I thought what, like that was very surprising to me to see that stat, and I think that it kind of speaks a lot to this sort of current version of the Kings because, you know, the team's identity years ago was, you know, big, heavy hitting the physical, you know, everyone hated coming to the West, like Mm -hmm. any Western conference teams, because they were just that much bigger and more physical really than the East coast stuff, you know, for, for whatever reason. And seeing the Kings get out hit that much was weird really um you know and i think of you know any coach or any you know hockey person who says well if you're hitting that much that means you don't have the puck which you know the shot count bears that out out because the kings got eight gajillion shots um the hurricanes got fewer but they were better shots (laughs) than the kings did but you know I, i think it is something that they need to take a look at um because they do have a lot of younger more skilled players kind of who are working their way into the lineup who might not necessarily be as physical and you know they're they're missing kind of that big presence of you know guys that make things go boom you know they've got like Dustin Brown, Brendan Lemieux, Alex Edler now you know kind of blows people up but there's not a lot of guys who have that physicality in their game so I, I think it's something they kind of have to nurture because yeah you, you need to be able to compete in that way and you need to be 
I hate it. It's the cliche, but harder to play against. And in a game like this, they really weren't. Yeah, they, they really weren't. Do you think this was more of just a kind of one-off type type thing or when it comes to them really getting outplayed in that regard or do you think this is something bigger you know it feels kind it feels like something to keep an eye on because I haven't really seen a game like this from the Kings really this season and I think part of it was just not knowing what to expect from the Hurricanes and then having to try to adjust on the fly. Uh, it is concerning, though, to think that this might be a path we're going down and that never ends well. So I'm hopeful that this was sort of a one-off of like, oh, crap, this team is not playing the way we thought they would. But I could easily see this. Well, they play Arizona next. So I feel like if there's any time to kill some bad habits and remember what it feels like to win a game, that might be it. <laughs> very, very true. Because especially in an 82-game season, you're bound to have some duds here and there. Mm-hmm. Again, I mentioned it earlier, the Hurricanes game against the Florida Panthers. That was an yeah. ugly freaking game. Yeah. But the Hurricanes, they bounce back. They beat the defending back-to-back champions in the very next game. So you can't always take everything super, super serious because you'll see on social media where folks are acting like, Oh, the world's ending Mm because we lost this one game. Can't always act like that, but it definitely is something to keep an eye on. I do think the Arizona game will be telling for the Kings. Now, obviously this was also the first time these teams have played each other again in almost two years. So Mm -hmm. I do think, both teams, especially early on in the game, I think both teams were kind of not knowing what to expect mm-hmm. because it had been so long since they played each other. Both teams look very, very different. And it's not like, oh, we were like when we played Nashville, we knew what to expect yeah. there. Or whenever you play one of your division opponents from last year, you know Mm -hmm. what to expect with that team right now. Yeah. But again, here, we didn't know what to expect. And I don't think we're going to see this, a game like this, when we play each other again next month. I do think we'll see more of a normal, I guess you would say, game. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, I mean, it's the Kings on a road trip and I feel like that, that, you know, anything can happen. But yeah, I feel like now they're like, oh, okay, this is what the hurricanes are and can be a little more prepared. But it, it was also interesting because it was just the polar opposite of the last game that the Kings played where they lost two nothing to the Capitals and the, la- and the two goals were scored in the last like five minutes of play. And then mm-hmm. to see the Kings turn around and we're all like, oh no, what's wrong with the offense again? Like no one knows how to score goals. And then they turn around and put a million on Freddie Anderson and still lose. You're like, okay, well, that's not what we wanted. Yeah. Well, you scored. That's what you wanted. It's right. just... like, <laughs> needed to you... specify the other half there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, does this sound familiar? 
You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Now, one thing you had mentioned in the preview of the old guard of Mm -hmm. the Kings really not being there anymore. You have Mm -hmm. Kopitar, Brown, Dowdy, and Quick, and that's Mm -hmm. it from those two cups. Because I saw a video from Hurricanes practice of one of the shots from one of the cup wins is picture up in the practice facility Mm-hmm. And Justin Williams quote tweeted it, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. He obviously just retired. Yeah. How long do you think those guys have left? You know, I think of all of them, I think Kopitar has the longest left. Well, um, Kopitar or Dowdy. I think Dustin Brown is, you know. He's closing in on 20 years. Yeah. At this like, point. Yeah. Like, I think his his contract's nearly done. Um, and his body, I think he, he's going to want to keep playing, but his body is going to be like, Hey, um, how about not, um, this right, is the last right. year of his contract. And I could see the Kings re-signing him on kind of like a one, like a series of one year deals. If he wants to stay there, um, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens with that because everyone essentially thinks he's a King for life, but with so much competition from young players, like, do, do they keep him? I don't know. Uh, Kopitar has two more years after this. Drew Doughty has like 8,000 more years. So even if we want him to go away, <laughs> he won't. Hmm. Um, yeah, his contract runs through. Oh, goodness. I always hate every time I look at this because I'm like, why have we done this? Uh, his contract goes through 2026, 27. So that's a lot of Drew Doughty. But I, I, I do think that... Um, he and Kopitar are the ones who are going to outlast, um, you know, the Kopitar and all of them really are Kings until they don't want to be Kings anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, Dustin Brown, I think his body is just going to say, please don't. I hurt so much. (laughs) Yeah. It's just one of those things like your mind may want to still Mm -hmm. go, but you do at the end of the day have to think about your quality of life after the game as well. And yeah, you're going to have to hang it up at some point. I could definitely see like the one year veteran minimum type mm-hmm. deals, very much like Patrick Marlowe was doing. I, I could definitely see something like that. So, you know, he's not eating up a bunch of cap space and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe, you know, come trade deadline, you know, if he wants to make one more go at it. You know, they again do like the sharks did for Marlowe trade him mm-hmm. to a team that you 
thought would be a contender. Same with, uh, well, no, no, Joe Thornton didn't get traded to Toronto. He signed yeah, with Toronto. He, he just okay. he went there of his own volition for yeah. some reason. Yeah. It was a good idea on paper, yeah, but yeah. It, not in practice. <laughs> no. But again, something like that. I, I think he's he'll probably you know, probably stay in LA because he's got his rings. Mm-hmm. And same with Quick. You know, yeah, I, I think he if he wants to go somewhere, I think he could request it and you know, they'll send him somewhere good. Because, you know, again, as a thank you for everything you did mm-hmm. for us. But at the end of the day, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how much longer these older guys have mm-hmm. in the league. Especially when you look at some of the younger guys coming up in the league and younger teams as well. This was something mm-hmm. I talked about in my interview I did with the lead singer of the Seattle band dragged under because he's a big hockey fan of just having a bit of a changing of the guard type era of teams that have been older, like Chicago, Boston teams like that, that have been on top for a long time. They're starting to fall off and having younger teams like Carolina, Florida Mm -hmm. teams like that be at the top. It's just kind of that time and we'll see how things go. Yeah, and the Kings are trying. They're trying to get more young guys activated and mm-hmm. in the lineup. And quick, quick is going to be interesting to watch because he is, you know, for for all Kings fans know that like they need to move on from him. He also is doing really well this season. Um, Cal Peterson has been struggling, and you know, we, we, who knows why? Like it could be a mental thing of, you know pressure of knowing that you're going to be the starter or you're supposed to be the starter, but for whatever reason, he has not looked very good. The team also hasn't played good in front of him, Mm -hmm. but quick has looked like he has turned back the clock. And if the Kings fall out of a playoff race by the deadline, what do they do? Do they keep him? Do they move him somewhere as kind of a one last ditch effort to get him another cup, you know, before he, he goes, um, there's no, there's no right answer, and there's no answer that's going to make Kings fans happy. But he's he's going to be interesting to watch because if he keeps this up, he, teams are going to want to look at him, especially with just you know one more yeah one more year left on his deal. But yeah, yeah, I would definitely say yeah his current situation very much reminds me of Cam Ward years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh. uh bit of an aging goalie whose body isn't as good mm-hmm. as it once was. You're not the con Smythe winning goalie that you once mm-hmm. were, but whenever you're coming off the bench and you're having time to rest yeah, and you're not getting played night in, not night out, you're not that workhorse anymore and you can rest and take care of yourself. When you go out and you play, you're actually pretty darn good still because mm-hmm. that's how Cam Ward was. When he had time to rest at the end, he was still a pretty darn good goalie. Again, just in Jonathan Quick's situation, or just like that, mm-hmm. team in front of him wasn't that good. Yeah. So it very much reminds me of that situation there of, you know, he, he's a good backup now. Mm-hmm. He's not a number one. He's a number two veteran goalie that, 
when you need him to go in, win you a game, he can go in and win you a game. You just yeah. got to let him rest. Yeah. Yep. Now, Otherwise, his body's going to fall apart. Yeah. Again, very much like Cam Ward years ago. <laughs> now, yeah. we're talking about old guys right <laughs> now, but you're obviously Hurricanes prospect person mm-hmm. with the Chicago Wolves. Seth Jarvis, like we mentioned earlier, is on a three-game goal streak right now. We talked about this a little bit earlier today. Uh, His coach up in Portland saying that he thinks he's going to stick around in the NHL. He thinks he's not going back to juniors. He's staying with the Hurricanes. And the same sentiment was echoed during pregame radio broadcasts by ESPN's Alec Campbell. Same with Adam Gold in one of the intermission reports. I believe it was the first intermission. But kind of the sentiment right now is he's staying. And you look at the way he's playing right now and being a difference maker. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, he's made what was once a hard decision, an easy decision. He's he's played good all preseason, all regular season. Like I've said before on the show, he has been a bright spot in every game, regardless of if we win or lose. You can look at him and say, Seth Jarvis played a good game. He's something that you can always – he's always a positive takeaway from the game. And I think he's made it easy for coaching and management. He stays. Yeah, he he is a guy that, you know, covering him with his stint with the Wolves last season before the WHL started, um, he, A, is so adaptable. Uh, He he gets the hang of whatever level he's playing at very quickly. Um, You know, and I think you even kind of saw that saw that with his first couple Hurricanes games of, okay, maybe not as effective as you wanted him to be kind of wondering, like, all right, what's this going to be? And then now he's on this, this goal streak and would be more if some of those goals had ended up counting. Uh, He's just so fun to watch. And I think that, you know, at at this point, he, he makes the team better when he is out there Mm -hmm. on the ice and he is fitting in, he's not looking overmatched by, you know, any of the assignments that he he's up against. And, you know, you, you keep him and you deal with the problem later of, well, now everyone's healthy. What do we do? Like, that's a great problem to have of, Oh, we have too many good players. Like, no, he, he deserves to stay in the NHL based off of his performance. There's nothing for him in juniors. And no, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. He's of course he scored against the Kings. I feel, I feel like everything in that game was like, Hey. <laughs> yeah. And we'll obviously find out soon what the hurricanes final mm-hmm. decision is going to make. It's one thing of, the broadcast folks saying he's going to say his juniors coach saying he's going to say, or us saying it at the end of the day, it matters what Don Waddell and Rod Brennamore are saying what he's going to do. And we're going to have to know that pretty darn soon because this was his ninth game in the NHL. This was it Mm -hmm. for the trial period. The next game is against San Jose, I believe on Monday and no, Tuesday. Today's Sunday. No. What is time? I don't know. <laughs> but it is right around the corner. So we'll know because that's the tenth game. But 
Again, I think he's he's got to stay. He's been playing on the top line with Sebastian Aja and Tavo Teravainen and looking really good while he's doing it. Again, like we said, it's not a thing of, oh, he's playing really good. No, he's playing really good in making a difference. He's out mm-hmm. there scoring goals. He opened the scoring tonight. He scored the game winner in two games in a row against Vegas and Anaheim. Anaheim, which is one of the top teams in the league right now as well. I think he's got to stay and he's making a difference. So he's definitely not the guy that gets scratched either. He's playing. Yeah. It's just, he's so fun to watch. He's very fun to watch. He (laughs) is a very exciting player and I'm really looking forward to see what the future holds for him. Because again, if he's this good already, yeah. Imagine two seasons from now mm-hmm. once he really ha- has some NHL experience under his belt because he already acts like he does. Imagine mm-hmm. when he actually does. Yeah. He's and gonna, then he, he's going to be so good for that team. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people should just be jealous of all of the talent the, the Hurricanes are collecting. And then and now they've got Seth Jarvis. Now they've got jamison reese down with the wolves who's looking really good like mm-hmm. there's a lot of good guys coming up through the pipeline and they're, they're just all so good they're so fun i shouldn't say nice things about the team that just beat my team but they're just so fun yeah so looking ahead for the carolina hurricanes we're obviously thinking you know seth jarvis is going to be slotting into a lineup on monday for them against San Jose, but at the end of the day, we won't know until we know, but heading into that game against San Jose, as someone who covers a team that has to face San Jose fairly regularly, mm. you're in the same division. You're only like, I'm a, I don't really know California geography. I'll say like a couple <laughs> hours away from San Jose, but it's- no, you guys know me, you know, I love Thanksgiving and all of the great food and treats that come along with it. But sometimes you want a dessert and a treat that isn't so full of calories and sugar. And now is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the perfect holiday dessert because one slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories. And to be frank, that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So you can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any kind of Thanksgiving treat you could possibly think of. Built Bars are low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. And regardless of the flavor, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry and doesn't even have to be for Thanksgiving. You could just be hungry, want a snack, grab a Built Bar so you're not eating all that junk food. I know I do exactly that. And you can also share some Built Bars at your family gatherings. You never know, you may turn an aunt or an uncle or a cousin onto Built Bars and they will love them and they will love you even more for it. And Built Bar has new surprises coming all month long, including limited time flavors arriving regularly at Built.com. So check the website often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar because Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. 
So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do the Hurricanes need to do to beat San Jose? San Jose has been decent this year. Not great. Not like Anaheim or the Hurricanes, mm. but they've been pretty good. Yeah, the, the Sharks were a weird one um, because it's like every time you feel like you know what's going on with them, they do something and you're like, oh, actually, you're bad again. Um, I think one of the things to to have to care about is who is in goal um, because James Reimer, he's been doing great. Aiden Hill, ugh, been struggling a little more than they expected. Uh, so that's sort of a thing to keep an eye on if it's, you know, old pal James Reimer. Uh, you might have a little bit of a tougher time because he's he's looking really good. Um, the Sharks have a lot of younger players who are in the lineup as well. You know, there's still kind of the the old guard of, you know, Couture and Hurdle and all of them, those guys. But uh, taking a look at their roster, like, I don't know what a Jasper Weatherby is, but it can't possibly be a hockey player. Um, they just have a lot of players who you're like, oh, <laughs> where'd you come from? You but, are a player. Yeah, you you are a person who exists. It's a very random roster, and I, the the fact that the Sharks are even in a sort of contending ish position, I think, is perplexing. Basically, everybody like I don't know what the secret to the Sharks is because I don't know what they're doing other than getting lucky. Yeah, it's definitely something. I personally, <laughs> if I was San Jose. Heading into this game, I would I'd play James Reimer mm-hmm. because he has one been your better goalie, and you're going against one of the top teams in the league. So, and then also he knows the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while he doesn't know everyone on this team now that they've had the turnover that they've had this off season. Their core guys, he knows those core guys. He played with them for a couple seasons. I think he's the guy you go with because this was something with Anaheim of Ryan Getzlav and Troy Terry were had a bit of a breakaway on Freddie, but and then Getzlav went to pass to Terry, but Freddie was able to stop it because. Freddie pretty much knew exactly what Getzlaff was going to do in that situation because he mm-hmm. played with him for several years in Anaheim. So I'd look at that situation with James Reimer. He's going to know what a lot of these guys are going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And he, looking at his stats, he's, he's a four, three and one, 1.98 goals against average. Like, these are not the numbers I think anyone expected from James Reimer, but here we are. No, we're not. But I do also have bad news of our boy, Alex Nedeljkovic, just a loss to the Coyotes in overtime. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yikes. Yeah. But again, he also plays for Detroit, Detroit. So you do have to factor that into the game because, he at the end of the game went 27 for 29 and a 931 save percentage. 
I mean, yeah, you don't you don't get much better than that. Like, yeah, he didn't play bad necessarily. <laughs> yeah, but just again, everyone he else. Is, he is on Detroit after all. Yeah. Oh, I miss him. <laughs> but looking ahead for the next game between the Hurricanes and the Kings, we'll obviously talk about this once it gets closer, but. What do you expect the Kings to do differently in that game? You know, I, I would hope that they are able to kind of, well, A, they're probably going to play Jonathan Quick first off, mm-hmm. um, just because Cal Peterson did not have the greatest night. Um, and it it just seems like I, I would probably wouldn't trot him out there again against a team that seemed to have his number. You know, five goals on 20 shots is atrocious, honestly. Uh, You know, I think that they are probably going to, you know, they know who the good players on, on the hurricanes are. They know that Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov are the guys that you need to watch out for. Um, And I think that there'll be a little bit more of a focus on kind of figuring out how to shut them down. Um, It'll be interesting to see, you know, it's, it's not even a month away, but I highly doubt the Kings lineup is going to look the same as it did today. So there might even be some new faces in there to help give them a little bit a little bit more life but you know I I think it's just a a matter of you know four game four goals should usually win you a game uh and it's just the goaltending killed them in this one so I I think it's sticking a lot to the same strict the same script of limiting Carolina's chances and maybe trying to be a little bit more physical given the the big hits disparity in this one but I think goaltending is really going to be what they need to figure out for this next game yeah that's uh definitely a given because while you're saying all that i just pulled up stats from this game peterson ended up going 15 for 20 obviously in this game with a 0.750 save percentage yeah that's bad. That is one of the worst I have seen in a <laughs> recent memory. Freddie went 39 for 43 and had a 0.907. Yeah. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Uh, unless Peterson gets on a hot streak leading up to the next game against the Hurricanes, I'm definitely thinking Jonathan Quick's a yeah. solid bet. For, yeah. to be in net for that game as yeah, well I'd but try yeah uh yeah definitely uh but where can everyone find you on social media miss sarah you can find me on twitter at right said sarah for all the hurricanes fans out there i tweet about the wolves a lot so you'll get to see uh what's going on with uh, your very own ahl affiliate uh locked on kings is available at locked on la kings on twitter and of course wherever you get podcasts and you can also hear me on locked on NHL on Wednesdays uh, talking all about the Western conference. Yes. And for all of you Kings fans, you can find my show on Twitter and Instagram at L O underscore hurricanes and available on whatever streaming platform you use. It's going to be all available on whatever you're listening to right now. And you can find myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96, where you can see, a lot of dumb tweets. But thank you for coming on the show, Sarah. And we will talk again very shortly. Awesome.